When they sucker punched to in Pearl Harbor He fought under MacArthur 17 With an Army Thompson gun Well, he stormed a lot of beaches Slept in jungles with the leeches He saw things a young man should never see back up and he marched forward left a lot of brothers dead in Kawajalane and if it wasn't for the good Lord and the man there wouldn't be a breath of freedom in this land when I see people on my TV taking shots at Uncle Sam I hope they always remember why they can Cause we'd all be speaking German Living under the flag of Japan If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man There it is, our good friend John Rich A good friend of True Social Good friend of Rumble Just launched that song today I actually had the honor of being at John Rich's bar uh, when he had the live event with Dan Bongino back in August playing that song just really gives shivers up my spine, uh, I think is a touching tribute for today. We're going to play the entire video at the end of today's podcast, but today we are glad to have on our good friend who's been on the show uh, before, Roger Kimball. Who, Roger, no bow tie today. Roger with a No, alas, I'm, I'm home today. I'm home today. No bow tie. I'm so I'm so glad you don't have the bow tie on, by the way. You don't because need it. I, I went totally casual today. Yeah. I even wore my Zelensky colored t-shirt. Yes. I, I don't know where my green t-shirt went. I yes, yeah. I'll go get one. <laughs> well, it's good. It's it's good to have you, Roger. Uh, Roger writes, of course, for the spectator and counter books, um, and has been on true social from the beginning. Roger, I always look forward to you because you, I think every Sunday, your American greatness article yep. comes out. Yep. Almost Sunday, every Sunday, yeah. Sunday morning, I wake up, I've got a Roger Kimball post with his American greatness article, which is always very good. Well, we, we, uh, we aim to please. Yeah. Well, Roger, it's been a busy week. Um, we're going to get into the debate, um, <laughs> the RNC, uh, the debate debacle that continues, uh, the Trump rally. You had a little piece on that earlier this week. Yep. Um, we also would be remiss not to talk about the situation in Israel, Gaza, uh, yes. the madness going on around here. You have some good insights into that, especially since you live close to the insanity. I know you get you make it into New York City, I think, a few times a week, I believe. Every, right? Yes, every week. And I live in Connecticut, so not so far from uh, one of the epicenters of insanity, which is Yale University. Wow. Well, but I would be remiss, though, Roger. You uh, are actually one of the first people to taste my wine. I actually had that your story must have must be making the rounds now. Yes. Uh, because people have been talking about it. You were actually one of the first to join my Founders Club, uh, and I really appreciate that because, um, and you know, you and I have this. Obviously, we share that we're both conservatives, but we also uh, really love wine. And right. uh, you were the first one to review the wine, and um, and I I think uh, 
you know, they're obviously something that hasn't been tried before in the United States of America, taking Portuguese yeah. varietals and making them into a into a fine wine. Yes. Well, I've, I've been writing a wine column for the Spectator, uh, the, the Spectator World, which is the American edition of the London Spectator for a few years now. So every month I get some interesting wines and write about them. And I, I have to say, you know, not meaning to flatter you, Devin, but you you have done a great thing, which is, uh, you know, you've brought something new to the table. And not only is it new, but it's also good. Uh, you know, you, you've you've taken grapes that, that are usually used in making port, these Portuguese grapes, and have made, you know, very robust. Uh, and, I mean, for, I won't try to, indulge in too much wine speak, but they're, they're delicious wines. Uh, I, I think they're, they're going to, um, I think they're going to be very popular. And I was delighted to be able to write about them in the spectators and actually in the, the current issue, the November issue of the spectator. So yeah, one can look at that online. And, um, you know, I, I was, uh, I was pleased to be able to, to do that. You've done a great job. They're, they're, well, there's something it's, you know, it's really a passion for me. It's something that I've worked on for a very long time and, the little little bit of history here. I think one of the reasons why the Portuguese wines are not so well known uh, is is you know for historical purposes. One is that port wine really came onto the scene uh, in the 16 and 17, 18, specifically the 1700s. Both port mm -hmm. wines and Madeira wines, and that became what Portugal was known for. Yep. And the, the, the reason why was there was a, I don't know, I can't remember what conflict it was uh, between France and the UK. France used to always get its wine, get, get, uh, cognacs and things of that nature that you could put, a, you know, during the days of the British Empire, they could yeah. throw that on the ships. It, it would stay good all the way to India and, and back and wherever they would go. The Portuguese, for the same reason, during the, the height of the Portuguese uh, empire, um, they would, they made these fortified wines so they could throw them on a ship. They could get hot. They could get, you know, wet, humid, whatever, but they would be good as you're out there sailing in the middle of the, you know, Atlantic ocean or wherever it may be. Right. So that's what Portugal became known for. And then after you may remember, uh, you may recall that after, after world war one, Portugal then slipped into a dictatorship. Um, under a guy named Salazar. Yeah. And then there was, and although I, I think that Salazar, uh, you know, really did keep for Portugal, he actually probably kept them out of World War II, mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of things good, but still a dictator is a dictator. Um, and one of the things, one of the tragedies there was that uh, the economy was you know, run basically like a dictatorship. And these, as people were beginning to, you know, make wines and that sort of thing. The only thing Portugal would really sell is the, the traditional port wine. Right. So there wasn't, uh, there, there's really only in modern times after the fall of the dictator, Portugal became a democracy. They were very poor. Mm -hmm. um, and I found these wines, these, these red table wines when I was first in Portugal in the early 2000s. And I said, what on, you know, what on earth is this? Of course, I knew about port wine, but yeah. I found these red table wines. And I said, wow, these are spectacular. Um, and they were very, and now of course, Portugal is doing better and better in terms of tourism and yep. they're making very good wines. But my background is on the central coast of California, where I went to school nearby where I live. And I thought to myself, I tasted a, a friend of mine was making uh, a few wines using these grapes. And so I said, wow, these are, these are really nice. These are actually better than I think what you can get in Portugal. 
And that's what set me on my journey to, yeah. to make these wines. Well, they're, they're, they're really terrific. And I have to say, just from a, an aesthetic point of view, I think the way you've presented them is terrific too. You know, this kind of traditional um, uh, style that you would expect in a, in a port or a Madeira wine but sort of slightly updated. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, the bottling is also uh, well, a very, very nice. But the, what's inside the bottle is what's important. And, yeah, well, that, uh, that think, is the I old, you know, terrific. if you go back, you know, 200 years, all bottles were essentially kind of look like this. These are yes. obviously, it's updated a little bit. It's, it's made to look as if they were, it was painted on. Yeah. But, but Roger, I will say not only um, uh, do I thank you, uh, but uh, for not only reviewing my wines, but I also wanted to be, I'm, you're going to be the first one to receive my Magnum. I only have a few of these Magnums, but on Veterans Day, you got the flag, the Patriot. This is my Cabernet. And I can't remember, I'm not sure because you've tasted the two Portuguese wines, but I can't yes. remember. Did you taste? These yes, I did. Cab? I did. It was very good, actually. Yeah, the Cab is also very good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to send yeah. this to you. Hopefully you'll Great. get it. Excellent. Um, enjoy Excellent. it. Excellent. Yeah, we look forward to it. All right. So enough wine talk, but we do, you know, we're, we're going to start calling this wine down Friday. Uh, we've got a lot. That's a, lot a very to talk good about. idea. Wine down Friday. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the RNC, uh -huh. let's just, <laughs> let's just get this. It's all over true social. Uh, and yeah. many people have been saying it even before uh, Vivek uh, brought it up at the debate. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Vivek probably was reading True Social and what conservatives were saying, and then he right. smartly jumped in front of the train and said, "Okay, RNC needs new leadership." What do you think? I mean, well, I you know think I think the the I what I did is I flipped back and forth between uh, the 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 R between the debate, such as it was, and the the Trump rally, which was taking place at at the same time, and. Uh, the debate it really was not a debate they haven't none of these um entertainments have been debates really they you know they're they it's a very tired format and in, personally i think the gop is um insane to allow themselves to be moderated by essentially the left wing and the the only spark of uh life in the debate that i saw was Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, he, he, his opening statement, he said, you know, uh, Ronna McDaniel is just, she's done a terrible job. She, you know, it's like, what if she were a football coach or a baseball coach? And, you know, season after season, she loses. She loses. And so she needs to be replaced. And he, I mean, his, his offer that he would give up some of his time and allow her to come up on the stage, she was there and resign. What a great <laughs> idea. I wish she had done that. But, um, you know, well, this is this is an outdated format. They need if they want to have a real debate, they should have a real debate. You know, this Lincoln Douglas debates way back in the 1850s, they would talk, you know, the opening statement was 90 minutes. You know, you say, well, people don't have that kind of attention span anymore. Well, maybe they don't. But then that brings me to another point, which is, uh, I mean, wh what is politics all about? Well, it's about. It's about persuasion, persuading people. You know, Aristotle said that rhetoric is the art of persuasion. And that means appealing to people's feelings, sentiments, emotions. Uh, yes, I mean, there are policy prescriptions behind all of that. But who is the best actor on the American political stage now who can engage people's 
feelings, who talks to them to their heart. I think it's Donald Trump. And, you know, he had, I don't know, 10, 15,000 people, which was a lot more than uh, 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 were, were at the uh, RNC debate. And not maybe that, even, maybe who, even watching the debate. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. And well, I mean, ask yourself this: Who else could have attracted ten or fifteen thousand people for such yeah. a rally? Could well, could DeSantis? Could Nikki Haley? Could Joe Biden? The answer is obviously no. Now, um, you know the, these the, these suits on the on the stage in Miami. They just, they, 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 all these old platitudes, with the exception of, of Vivek, he, he was pretty amusing. And I, I have to say, I will, I will uh, long remember his description of Nikki Haley as a Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. I mean, you know, so the Babylon Bee had an amusing little uh, sketch saying, you know, uh, Nikki Haley stumped when she asked to list some countries that she wouldn't want to invade. Uh, you know, she's, it's, it's just, it's like kind of, to, to use that line from Barack Obama, it really is the 1980s asking for their foreign policy back. We've been there, we've done that. And, um, you know, I see that just today on Real Clear Politics, Bernie Marcus, the founder of Home Depot, has come out and endorsed Donald Trump. This mm -hmm. is a big deal. Uh, you know, he said, this country is facing huge problems. And you go back and look at the, the successes, success after success after success that Donald Trump had during his first term on everything from foreign policy to the border policy to um, uh, energy, the Middle East. It was a, a, a string of victories. And it's it, Joe Biden's behavior in the, the couple of years he's been in office has been appalling. He's, it's a disaster in every, the, the economy, foreign policy, and well, what just happened in the Middle East is, um, this would never have happened under Donald Trump, never. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get to that, but another telling sign of, of the craziness, I, mean, I think we can, uh, I agree, I mean, why, why they would have NBC host the debate is, is ridiculous. Um, the fact that Chris Christie, who has admitted he's not going to win. Yeah. Now, why would you have someone up there who is only there to destroy the Republican Party and destroy Trump? The guy has yeah. admitted he's not going to win. Yes. Um, yes. That's, so, a good, that's a good question. By the way, Bernie Marcus also in this piece today says we know we should cancel the debates. There should be no more RNC debates because they aren't really debates. They don't inform the public about anything. They're just... The opportunities for these people to grandstand, yeah, and, to attack, uh, to destroy, it's a pathetic grandstanding too. Yeah, it it wasn't good. Well, but also on cue, the Never Trump world and the fake news, they immediately put out on cue what a great night it was for Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. They no, immediately it went out. No, they all the, those two won the debate hands down. They won the debate. Yeah. Now, Roger. You and I and all the people on True Social must have been watching something different. And, and, and look, I get it. People that are on True Social, they're probably, most of them are probably voting for Trump. But if you were truly looking at that debate and, and, and watching it and, and take Donald Trump out of the equation, mm -hmm. you cannot walk away from there and say that, that, that Vivek 
did not win the debate. I'm, I'm not saying it was a beauty. I'm not saying it was great. Yeah. I'm not saying he was yeah. perfect. But yeah. he definitely was the only one to. Yes, to, I mean, that, that I mean was, he, did, he had did a little, little bit other of thing too. He he called out the media. He called out. I mean, the, 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 that lady from NBC. You know, he said you pushed the Russia collusion hoax. It right. was a hoax. It was a it was a made up thing. You pushed this on your on your TV station. Will you apologize now? Of course, they they you know they didn't. But it's uh, he 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 was I mean he he was the clear winner. I mean, you know, Ron DeSantis is a is a is a you know great governor of Florida. He's doing a great job there and so on. But he clearly he doesn't like campaigning. He do, he doesn't he doesn't. I don't believe he really wants this job. I mean, he looks you know he's there's a lot to admire about him, but he he looks very pained whenever he's talking to people, whenever he's on stage. He just. He, you know, he he says some good things, but he just he cannot connect, you know, on a national stage. At so, least not yet. Maybe that will change eventually. But for right now, it's I mean, I'm not even sure why these people are still in the race. Maybe they have books they want to sell. Maybe they're angling for a position in the next Trump administration. I don't know. But you're quite right. The the instantly as 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 the. Uh, as soon as the debate as the debate was over, people were saying, "Oh yes, Ron and and Nikki, you know, they're surging." They're but just look at the polls. That's clearly it's what, not they, it's the what they've been saying. They're always surging. They're surging to yeah. what now? Yes. They're, now they're yes. below ten percent. Yeah, I feel a story. little sorry. I feel a little sorry for Ron DeSantis actually well, because his campaign it began with a disaster on Twitter. You know, where the technical problems, but then they keep saying, "Well, uh, you know." You know, you know, the, the next debate will really get going and it'll be Iowa. We'll win Iowa. It's clear he's not going to win in Iowa. So, well, we'll come in second place. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah. he will. But so what? Second place is like nowhere. Well, it, we're going to play a we're going to play a little uh, mashup of the debate and get you to get oh, your good, comment good, on good, it. I think we good. got I think we got your main comments on it. But but I agree with you. Um, the uh, the goalposts are keep changing. It goes from. Well, once we can just get a few people out yes. of the race, it'll be clear yes. that that DeSantis yeah. or Nikki Haley is going to win. Right. And then they do that. And then it's and now they're down to like, well, if we can just finish in second place in Iowa. That's right. Uh, and we're going to drop, right. I don't know, 20, 30 million dollars now on Fox News and Newsmax. Right. Attacking Nikki Haley. Right. And now they're like fighting over and second now the place polls, in I, Iowa. Last polls I saw had Trump at 60 and DeSantis yeah. at 12. So what are we talking about? Right. No, right. It's getting down to Chris Christie uh, category. OK, yeah. let me let's play the mashup and right. uh, from the debate. Great. Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. Well, I can talk about President Trump. I can tell you that I think he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right president now. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer in the Republican establishment. We need a president and a candidate who will actually help our base solidify and attract independent voters into our party. Well, and I'll say this about Donald Trump. Anybody who's going to be spending the next year and a half of their life focusing on keeping themselves out of jail and courtrooms cannot leave this party or this country. Right, and it governor. needs to be said plainly. Okay. So there it is, Chris I mean, Christie, what, who shouldn't even be say? on the stage. That that's 
it, it, it's really pathetic. You're right. It, it, I mean, but, it is. I mean, it's just a waste of people's time. And I, I haven't seen the numbers on how many people watch that. But well, um, they claim it was many fewer six, than the second debate. They claim six million, which is miserable. Yes. Um, a disaster, which probably means about two million people watch it. Yes. I don't know anybody that watched it other than political hacks. Yes. You, you know, yeah, like I you, like you and I, people I who, who love this stuff. stuff. Right. Yeah. No, um, but let's play. I want to play the Trump rally now. Let's get the Trump rally right. on cue. Let's we're going to cue that up now. Right. Well, I want to thank you very much. And Sarah, thank you for the wonderful endorsement. And uh, Arkansas is in very good hands. It's a great place. It's a great state. Florida, great state. We love to be with you. And I didn't have to come too far. I'm thrilled to be here in the heart of Miami with thousands of proud, hardworking, God-fearing American patriots. That's what you are. Just think of it, seven years ago tonight, on November 8th, 2016, the American people delivered the greatest election victory, probably that the world has ever seen, probably so. The only one that's going to be more important is the one that's coming up in one year from now. It's going to be more important, I think. All right, Roger. Yeah. So contrast that. Yes, I mean you know with... it's, it's here. It's it's like the difference between a bright summer day, you know, champagne is flowing, wild strawberries, and uh, a kind of funeral or a wake. Uh, you know, the the the. the, the I, yeah. As I say, I feel a little sorry for the uh, the candidates on that on that stage. The only person who you know whose vital signs were clicking was, was Vivek Ramaswamy. And he mm -hmm. spent most of his, his time um, criticizing the RNC or the, the people on the stage. It's, he got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good hits in too, palpable hits. Uh, you know, Donald Trump can, you know, what I, I, you know, obviously he's a complicated guy, <laughs> but one thing he can do is connect with people. You could, I mean, the, 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 the you could feel the electricity in that crowd. In a way, you, it was just, it's like, you know, Klieg lights. You move over to the RNC stage, and it's like, as I say, a funeral. It's uh, well, Where do you want to be? You want to be outside, outdoors, great weather, outside yes. in Miami, right. there with 15,000 right. fellow patriots having a, right. having a party with the governor of Arkansas, or yeah. do you want to be in this alternative universe stuck with NBC hosts who are still, have still to to find the P tape and the hooker tape from Moscow yeah. you know, during yeah. the Russia hoax. I mean, as Vivek pointed out, oh, yeah. I, I mean, where would you rather be? And yeah. and plus you're yeah. up there with a guy like we, you know, I'll just say it again for the third time with Christie, who's clearly only running to take out Donald Trump. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, I'm not quite sure why he's running. I mean, uh, clearly he doesn't like Donald Trump, but it's a, you know, to actually mount a presidential campaign or a faux presidential campaign to get back at uh, a personal enemy seems to be a little extreme. Uh, yet another reason why Slightly. nobody should pay any attention to him. But no, you're, I mean, he's, you're quite right. I mean, he's admitted he can't win. So why is he doing it? Does he have a book he wants to publicize? I'm not quite sure. I mean, his political career is is yeah. over. So okay, so uh, so it comes full circle, right? We we went through all this, and I'll and I'll and I'll start, and this will be the last, and then we'll and then we'll, we're going to talk about uh, the war in Israel. Yeah. But Roger, I started with how can the RNC continue this between NBC, all the things we've been talking about. You got a guy up there on the stage who, who knows he can't win. They're pissing away money. Yes. And so I'm going to ask you, just prognosticate. I know you're not an insider of the RNC, but I, I just don't see how there's not a wholesale change there here after this, this this debacle. And then they're still talking about where they're going to do the fourth debate and the fifth debate. Yes, yes, I know. I know. I, I saw that. Well, you know, just to quote Bernie Marcus again, I'm, I'm glad he said this in his his endorsement of Trump today. At the at the end of that piece, he said there should be no more debates. The debates are pointless. They don't they don't help anything. That what they are is a way of paying political consultants, ginning up money for political consultants and the people who advertise on the uh, on on the shows. It's it's a totally pointless exercise. In fact, it's worse than pointless because it gives people the illusion that there's some illumination happening or that people are articulating their positions, but they aren't. I mean, when you have somebody say, you have 90 seconds to give your answer, well, that's preposterous. You can't talk about something important in 90 seconds. So uh, the, I, I hope that they will come to their senses, cancel the, um, cancel the, 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 you know, the next couple of debates, and move mm -hmm. on to the real campaign season. I mean, uh, Ron DeSantis, much you know, though I admire him, He's wrong. There's no reason for Donald Trump to be on that stage. People know who he is. He's 40, 50 points ahead. Why should he, you know, go uh, stand on that stage and have people take pot shots at him? It's ridiculous. Right. You're listening to Roger Kimball. If you're listening later on the audio version, thank you for all of you that are watching us live on the on the live stream, and also thank you to all of you on the audio version that that go pay homage to the Apple gods and wherever you get your podcast. But thank you for giving me a nice rating because we know the leftists don't actually ever watch this, watch rumble and they sure don't listen to my podcast, but they love to go on attack and, and give me like one star, zero stars and write nasty things. So I want to thank all of you who, right. who say some nice things uh, about the podcast. But once again, we're listening to Roger Kimball, uh, encounter books, American greatness and the spectator Roger. Um, the fake we, a lot of times on this show we cover uh, what we cover well almost every time we talk about the fake news and we mock them mm -hmm. because there's no shortage of issues to mock them on this week however there's breaking news once again we don't have all the facts people know that i always used to i always go by the rule there's the fog of war the first yes. three, three reports are normally wrong yes but this is actually troubling, and that is that there seems to be there's multiple reporters, at least photojournalists. Yes. Uh, maybe up to th three or four. We're not sure. One for sure that was uh, videoed um, yeah. on October 7th. Yes. It looks like embedded with the Hamas terrorists that went yes. across into 
uh, into Israel that committed, you know, one of those savage acts of, of violence that we've seen in, in our world history. That's right. Um, I That's said right. that to my my daughter last night. We were talking about this, and you know, because I mean, look, sure, everything that happened in World War II was horrible. The Holocaust. I mean, there's um, things that that ISIS did in, in more recent history. Yes. Uh, bad thing, really bad things happen in war. Yes, but I think for a this might be a record if you take for a a four to 12 hour time frame mm -hmm. to have the type of savagery that occurred yes. in that it yes. might be yes. a, a record, unfortunately for our planet in a bad way. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It was, I mean, uh, I mean, listen, more people, more Jews died in that incident, uh, than any other, any other time since the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't just that they, they, they targeted civilians, you know, these couple thousand, Hamas uh, people, accompanied, I regret to say, by many ordinary Gazans, went in, uh, you know, raped, maimed, murdered, desecrated the corpses of everyone they found. And, you know, so, uh, somewhere between 1,400 and 1,500 people, they, they injured many thousands more. They took, uh, you know, somewhere between two and 300 hostages back, toddlers, elderly people. It, it, it was... Um, it, you're right. It, it, it's it's uh, it is a gruesome, gruesome uh, stain on uh, one of the worst incidents in history, mm -hmm. and uh, the the response by the left wing in this country, something like eighty percent of Democrats uh, say they support Hamas. It that is inconceivable to me. Uh, you know, they say, "Oh well, Israel is an occupying power." No, they aren't. I mean, the, the occupying power was Hamas. And uh, I mean, what, what are they, this, this slogan you hear all the time, from the river to the sea, from the, that means from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. What's in between those two things? Well, the country of Israel, that what they're trying to do is destroy the country. And they're after, uh, they, they want to destroy world Jewry. This is, this is uh, the same playbook that Adolf Hitler had. And there's no accident, as the Marxists like to say, that, mm -hmm. you know, Hitler and uh, the, the, uh, the former chief uh, Mufti, uh, you know, in the 1940s, they, they, were, they were cooking up the final solution together. And uh, the, the, what, what, is, what is happening now is um, on college campuses, and in these demonstrations, you see there's a big one in New York today, is just horrible. And I, I think that um, people have to wake up and understand that this is not just, a, it's not something that's happening over in this faraway part of the world. This is something that uh, is engaging. It's a, it's a war between barbarism and civilization. And we have to you know, stand up and fight for the side of civilization. This is something that's, uh, uh, you know, confronts every American. And by the way, something else that Bernie Marcus says, I keep re referring to this article he wrote today in Real Clear Politics. He said he speculates that had Donald Trump been president, this would not have happened. I think that's right. right. Had Donald Trump had been president, Putin would not have invaded Ukraine. Had Donald Trump been president now, we would still have a southern border. And by right. the way, these hundreds of thousands, millions of people pouring 
uh, into this country across the southern border, many of them are, are terrorists. And uh, right. I'm very worried that we are going to see uh, a series of incidents in this country uh, that will be, you know, reminiscent of what just happened in Israel on October 7th. Yeah, it's and what a, you're seeing on the screen right there, for those who yeah. listen you, the, later on audio, but this is a graphic of these are so 169 people were caught this year that were on the terror was, watch list. Now, yeah. remember, if you were, that's who was caught, Roger. And if you think, I mean, that border is porous, and I guarantee you, the terrorists and the people that are that are on that terror watch list. They're not going through the normal channel where Biden is just letting them all come in. They claim some type of asylum. Asylum. These guys are trying to sneak through. So the fact yes. that they've already caught 169, and believe me, I'm sure that the our, our corrupt DOJ and FBI and Homeland Security, those aren't even the accurate numbers. I'm quite sure of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. you know, just because they're, you know, they, I'm sure they they lost some of the records. Yes. So look, I can just tell you, there's got to be hundreds and hundreds, if not over thousands. On this podcast, we actually had someone on uh, months before, a guy named Michael Yan, who 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 does a lot of independent yep. reporting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I heard about these Chinese young men coming over. Uh, uh, didn't you know? Then he came on the podcast. I just want to say, how do you know about this? Then he showed the videos, Roger. He actually yes. showed the videos. Yeah. He's like, look, Devin, these are our military age Chinese males. They're getting in buses. And I'm like, oh wow. And then of course. And then three months later, oh, wow, these Chinese nationals, military-aged men, got across the border. That's like, right. Wow, what a shock. Yeah. I mean, and there's, look, if, if I know it, and this audience knows it, the the, the Biden administration and the DO Department of Justice, they all know it, and they're letting, yeah. they're letting, this, they're letting this happen. Right. Um, well, it raises the question, who, you know, wh who, what side are they on? Whose side are they on? Yeah. So I want to back up just, uh, just a little bit, because you are a uh, man of history, I mean, neither of us can stand up to our good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, who, who comes on the podcast quite often. Um, but you talked That's about Roger, great. this, this, this yeah. whole concept of, Oh, you know, there, you got the Gaza strip, you've got the mm -hmm. West bank, you've got, mm -hmm. you've got the rest of Israel and you got, everybody wants right. the two state, two state solution or mm -hmm. not everybody, but Obama came out and you know yes. rambled about that earlier this right. week. Now, it's important to put this in perspective, and I want to and I want to have I want to get your side of the story, mm -hmm. um, because you know you kind of went back to, you know, the Jews in in World War II, what Hitler yep. did, kind of bringing them all into mm -hmm. in, in, into uh, Poland and other places, and essentially yep. um, committing one of the largest genocides, if not the the largest in the history of of yep. the world. Yep. But there is a longer history here. Now, I've been to, to Israel, the Middle East, more times than 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 I can count, and you know, I'm always struck by that if you if you look back on the kind of the demographics of this place, Jerusalem, yes, a holy city, uh, Christians claim it, Jews claim it, uh, Muslims claim it, right? Um, but outside of Jeruz Jerusalem, you have a few little spots on the coast. One of them, mm -hmm. which was Gaza. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, had some water, had some wherewithal, but then the rest of, you had some water in the West bank, Jordan river, mm -hmm. but that it's a desert yes. out there, Roger. And it's a, it's a rough place. And I'm sorry, but you know, pre, you know, 75 years ago. Okay. But just, if you go to pre-World War II, there weren't very many people living right. in what is now currently Israel. Why? Right. Because it was, it was totally inhospitable. Right. So nobody wanted that land that's right 
Okay. Nobody wanted that land. Everybody wants Jerusalem. Okay. Just, just to be clear. I mean, that's clearly all the religions want to have, want to have a piece of, of Jerusalem. And that goes back for a long time. Mm-hmm. But this whole discussion about people being driven from their homeland and, 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 you know, the Jews are now an occupying force, right. blah, blah, blah. Now, wait a second. Now, as you know, I'm of Portuguese descent. Um, you know, my family, you know, came here from the Azor islands. Now mm-hmm. look, I, you know, we, we had to, we came to this country. Uh, my family did. Um, Roger, I'm quite sure if I went back to Portugal uh, and said, "Hey, um, in 1500, my, before you sent my family to the Azores, right? Because mm-hmm. all my family goes to the Azores, so the you know they basically anybody who didn't have anything, they went to the Azores, right? Uh, where you were on subsistence living. These are nine islands out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean." And if I went back to Portugal and said, hey, you know, I think my family originally had this property up here in northern Portugal, probably in the Douro River, probably with some great grapevines. Roger, you think I'd go there and say, you're occupying my land. I want it back. Yeah. Well, and of course, it's even worse than that, Devin, because, you know, how far back do you want to go? And you go back, you know, thousands of years. Uh, the Jews were in, in that part of, of, well, that, of, well, that's, of the and, world. And, be, nope. and before you go, that was kind of my what I was going to finish with. Yeah. And I want to get your opinion because if yeah. you go back, that's exactly right. I mean, the Jews were banished from that was their homeland. That's right. That's right. You know, so right. And they were banished from there in, uh, you know, shortly, you know, 2000 years ago. That's right. Um, and, and that's my whole point. It's like, wait a second, at what point, who's the occupier here? Right. No, that you're absolutely right about this. I mean, you know, um, you know, just very quickly, we could go way back, but let's start with the emperor Hadrian, you know, in 132 to 136 AD, he crushed a rebellion there and destroyed the temple and uh, sold a lot of people into slavery and removed all the Jews from that part of the of, of the world, or most of them anyway. But then, you know, that's, you know, history goes on. The relevant bit for what's going on today uh, has is t- two stages. One is the Balfour Declaration in 1917, which uh, the, the purpose of that was to provide a national home for the Jewish people. That was what what they were doing. They had cut up the former Ottoman Empire. They made Iraq. They made Jordan. They made a bunch of other places. They pretty artificially, but it was a homeland for the Jewish people. This was ratified by the League of Nations, uh, and then we have World War II. Uh, you know the Holocaust, a lot, um, the the creation of um, of uh, the state of Israel in 1948. And instantly, the Arabs began attacking them. It was like hours. The, the country hadn't existed for a matter of hours when, when several of, the, of their neighbors attacked them. And it's been a, this litany from, you know, from that moment until today. And um, hitherto, Israel has, they've always won, but they've kind of pulled back at the, you know, before ha- having complete victory because they're basically a very... Um, uh, you know, generous people. They have provided, you know, jobs and industries. They've offered, you know, people talk about a a two-state solution. They've offered statehood to the Palestinians several times, but they don't want it. The whole, it's really, it's, it was a, it was a creation of the Soviet Union in the middle 60s, this whole Palestinian uh, identity. Before that, they were just, they were Arabs who happened to be, happened to live there. 
But uh, the, the Soviet Union created Yasser Arafat, and who was, whose primary thing was he was anti-Semitic and anti-American. And they've continued that tradition. And, um, you know, historical truth does count for something. And I think it's very important to hold on to what actually happened there and what Israel is really trying to do. I can't think of a war that has been prosecuted with more care, more deliberateness for, to minimize civilian casualties. For weeks now, they've been urging the Palestinians to move to the su southern part of the Gaza Strip, some 900,000 have out of a, a couple million. Uh, and more haven't gone because Hamas prevents them. They take their car keys, they take their gasoline, they shoot them if they try to you know, pr proceed down the humanitarian corridors that Israel has built. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the people talk, say, we have to have a ceasefire. You can't have a ceasefire. I mean, th this, this was, this, this efflorescence of savagery has to be um, put down. Hamas has to be completely dismantled. And I, I, fortunately, I think that the IDF is going to do it. This yeah. time, I think they're going to do it. I think, and I think they have no choice. You know, I'm, I'm back in, you know, this week in California, I, I transitioned, as, as you know, I'm in true social headquarters in Florida, Sarasota, yeah. Florida, um, back in California, um, this, this weekend. Um, but here in California, I didn't, I didn't see any problems by the way, in Florida, it was nice and safe there. No issues. Good. Good. But in California, coming back to California, uh, in my area, you know, the agricultural area, I think they, we have too many guns around here. So the crazies don't want to come this direction. From LA <laughs> to but there was a Jewish man that got essentially murdered. I don't know if the guy's going to be prosecuted, but got hit in the head. He was out. Oh, the, the guy was hit in the head with a megaphone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got hit in the head with a yeah. megaphone yeah. And, and, That's right. and died Yep. Um, by a guy who I believe is a, a college professor of some kind. But that just happened in California. You have all the madness happening in New York. Yep. I just wouldn't think that I'd see this um, in the United States of America and, you know, members of Congress who are essentially the same chance who, who yeah. I don't think they care. I mean, she, she got admonished this week by the Congress, but I don't think she cares. Listen, the, the, the chant from the, from the river to the sea is an incitement to genocide. And there's a reason Hannah Arendt, the, 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 the German philosopher, uh, wrote a book called The Origins of Totalitarianism classic book, and he wrote it in the 1950s. The whole first part of that book is devoted to the, a discussion of anti-Semitism. Why? Because there's a deep connection between anti-Semitism and totalitarianism. And um, I think the rise of anti-Semitism is always a kind of existential canary in the mind for um, a society. When it rises, it means bad things are happening. And we see it you know, everywhere now. Uh, it's a it's a frightening a frightening development that I think um, people really really need to to grapple with and the the fact that that um, it's it's especially prominent at some of our most celebrated universities is completely appalling and completely unacceptable. Well, earlier today on True, I happened to catch something on True Social that Dinesh D'Souza put up, mm. um, and there was ironically. Uh, a year ago, October 7th, there was a report on BBC uh, because we've talked about there's these whole organizations that are standing up, queers for Palestine, gays for <laughs> yeah, Palestine, yes. all of this, this craziness. Well, and if, if you've ever, ever, if you don't even have to ever 
I mean, look, I've had the the advantage over a lot of people. Right. I realize that because I've spent so much time in the Middle East. Right. But you know that 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 this stuff doesn't fly in the Middle East. I mean, women have no rights. Yes. They're, you're lucky if you can even drive in most of these these places. Right. Uh, well, you have, never you seen, have you seen the, uh, the somebody post posted something that said, you know, you know, you know, gays for Hamas or whatever, and and yeah. they had and the 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 appropriate pronouns would be was slash were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was you know, a, I mean, well, you know, that's what we have up, up, up on the screen right now. Right. Was yeah. slash yeah. were. Exactly. So here you have this was October seventh, two thousand twenty-two. Right, right. And it got and you know this is got lost on everybody. But a year before, um, the story is about a, a guy that I think was educated in the U.S. went back to the West Bank, not Gaza Strip, the West yeah. Bank. Yep. Yeah. Um, a, a gay uh, Palestinian. Um, I, and I'm not sure his background. I'm only, and, and look, it is BBC, probably partially fake news, right? But clearly they were trying to bring attention to, cause their cause is always for, you know, the LGBTQ plus whatever world. Right. Um, and so they're trying to bring in like October 7, 2022, this is an atrocity. Yes. Gay guy goes into right. the West bank, right. Right. gets beheaded. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, that's the other thing, Devin, you were talking about how, you know, the place that is now Israel, you know, it was basically a desert. Uh, and Israel has turned that desert into a thriving, prosperous, technologically advanced country. And not only that, it is also the only democracy in that part of the world. It's mm -hmm. the only place that, uh, uh, you know, gives rights to women, rights to homosexuals. You know, all of these people that the left claims to be you know, to care about, it's only in Israel that these people actually can live as full citizens, full free citizens. So the, the ironies um, uh, are, are painfully obvious. Uh, why people are don't pay attention to them is a, it's a deep question that I can't answer. It's some bizarre form of psychopathology that the left breeds, I think. Yeah. Well, the world is is upside down. I'll tell you, it's it's, and I think everybody feels it. Uh, I think you, you you're right. Um, I, I mean, I trust that that you know this rise in anti-Semitism is is kind of the canary in the coal mine for really bad things. I think so. Um, what what's happening all over this country right now, um, you know, and, and all the way to the to the halls of Congress. Um, you know, to the presidential, to the to the Democratic presidential side, where you know clearly Kamala Harris uh, coming out giving her speech on Islamophobia is her yes, take. Is I know her, I mean, her way to angle. You, you, you can't make it up as if right. you know uh, a bunch of radical Muslims go in and slaughter the most despicable possible way uh, uh, fifteen hundred Israelis and you know the the other people from the other countries who were there. And uh, then you have the vice president of the United States, um, you know, give a speech about Islamophobia. I mean, yeah. what, what is a phobia? Phobia is an irrational fear. But it seems to me that um, there's nothing irrational about fearing radical Muslims because they behead you. They drive uh, uh, aircraft, uh, you know, jumbo jets into your buildings. <laughs> they slaughter people uh, at at dance festivals, and uh, you know there's nothing at all uh, um, irrational about that. It seems to me to be a perfectly prudent.
And speaking of, of narratives, because we always watch for the fake news narratives. We talked about earlier how the fake news went out immediately and said, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, look at how great these candidates who actually lost the debate, who did not yes. do well. Look yeah. at they won um, mm-hmm. when they didn't. But also we can see sometimes we can see through things that are not being reported on and we can and we can surmise what would be reported on if, let's say, Donald Trump or George W. Bush or Ronald Reagan Mm -hmm. were uh, were president. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is this, Roger, that you don't you don't see if this happened under a Republican watch. And I look, I agree. Everybody will everybody will say in the chat. So you don't got to put it in the chat that it would not have happened over Trump. We all we all get that. But we can. But we can look at what would the fake news narratives be saying right now. Oh, and, yeah. and, and this actually wouldn't be fake. They would be saying two things. One, 30-some Americans were murdered mm-hmm. of those, because you brought that up. Yeah. That's what brought it to my to my attention, because yeah. I forgot. to. It's not just the Israelis. Yes. Americans were murdered. Yes. yes. And nobody's being held accountable for that in this government. Yes. Yeah. Secondly, there's some 20, 30, 40, 50 Americans and probably other other. <clears throat> other hostages that are being being held from other countries, but let's just focus mm-hmm. first on the Americans. Yep. That would be every single day in the fake news. That's what they would be. That's, that's right. What they would be reporting. Yes. Daily. And you don't even, you know, it's so bad that, you know, you had to remind me that <laughs> I, I forgot that Americans yeah. were murdered over there. And I, that's and right. I, you know, I mean, I didn't forget, but it's something that should be, especially on Veterans Day, that would come off the tip of my tongue, be on the front of my mind, that we had Americans that were murdered there and we have Americans being held there. Yes, right. Why is that not front page news in the New York Times every day? It's, uh, but it's not. You're right. I mean, you know, the, the frightening thing about what's going on in this country now is that uh, we, we really do live in a, a two-tier system so that if you're from one party, you are treated one way by the bureaucrats who actually run the country, including the Department of Justice and, you know, all of its many tentacles. Uh, if you're from another party, you were treated very differently. So uh, the the chap, what was his name, Jamal Bowman, who who uh, you know prevented a vote in Congress a, a few weeks ago by pulling a fire alarm. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Oh, I didn't know what I was doing." But of course he do. I mean, he tore down signs, you know, saying, "Don't do this." Uh, he obstructed a, an official proceeding in in the in in the Capitol, just like the people who were protesting on January sixth did. There moldering in a, a Washington gulag, sometimes for decades, and nothing happened to him. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it's, um, and, it's, and don't forget, there was also the insurrection of the, that, that would, by the way, was led by members of Congress, mm-hmm. insurrection, hundreds of people, you've been to Washington, D.C., you know, Independence yep. Avenue was blocked, they, yep. they blocked off, they, yep. the, the cannibalism. And then also, it's funny that you bring up this Bowman character, who I don't, I don't remember him. Uh, I think he was there when I first started serving. Maybe he wasn't, mm, uh, I, I but know. he was a, a member of Congress. I think he's from New York. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But, but during the Republicans' whole speaker debacle, where they mm-hmm. kind of burnt up a, yep. a month of time, yep. what was lost in there is this guy was moving quickly, and his lawyers must have been moving quickly to get in, plead to a misdemeanor. So, so remember he said, I didn't know anything. I, I, yes, didn't, I didn't, yes. I thought I was just opening the door. You know, he didn't right. totally yeah. lied. Yes, well, he goes in and pleads to a misdemeanor, uh, you know, so that he cannot be tried. So he's done. He's finished. Yes. That all happened. The Republicans lost the opportunity there right. to actually hold this guy accountable. So once That's again, right. you have the department of justice do a favor for a Democrat who now just wash their hands. Oh, he already pled. It was a misdemeanor, yeah. you know, a mistake. Yeah. 
totally told the truth at that point. And later additional video came out, right? Yeah. Remember of, of this yes. guy? So yeah, so you're exactly Tearing down right. the signs. And, and meanwhile, <laughs> you know, you have, they're still chasing people around from January 6th. That's right. Uh, 2021. Uh, mm -hmm. The DOJ is, and FBI are still chasing around. Just yesterday in New Jersey, they you know, chased right. some guy. I mean, I never heard of this guy. But yet, but yet, and then you have people rotting in the, the gulag, like you say, but then there is just this this two tiered system of uh, of justice in this country. We covered a lot on the show, Roger. But yeah. <laughs> Devin, it's great. frustrating. It's yeah. very frustrating. Well, look, the good news is is that it's nothing that a bottle of uh, red wine can't. That's cure right. That's right. On wine, on wine right. down Friday, That's I've got right. to do wine um, down Friday. That's I've right. I've got to do. Uh, congratulations on that. On that. That's a great victory. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, Roger. I appreciate it, and um, and. Uh, once again, uh, Roger, you can uh, tell everybody where they can follow you. What's the best place? Other, oh, of course, at Roger Kimball one on. Yeah, yep. I don't know, but uh, somehow somebody else took Roger Kimball. I don't know how that happened, but it, 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 I signed up right away. But anyway, Roger Kimball one at Truth Social. Uh, I write for um, the Spectator. I write for American Greatness. I write for the Epoch Times. I write for the New Criterion and and other places as well. So um, I, I'm not hard to find. And then, of course, uh, and then Roger reviewed my wine, so you can go. Yes, to, you, you want to go and uh, read the review. Uh, but before you do that, get a bottle of the wine, and uh, so you can sip it while you're while you're reading. <laughs> well, DevinNunesWines.com. I appreciate that, Roger. And I've got once again, I've got this uh, special. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking send, forward to it. I'm going to send to you for uh, so you can have it on Thanksgiving. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, and anyway, it's been a good Veterans Day, folks. Uh, I want to congratulate our good friend, John Rich. Uh, we're going to play his video on the way out. It's dedicated to all the veterans, but especially he wrote about his grandfather. It's very moving. I hope that you'll not only listen to it, but, but, but watch it here. But Roger, we will uh, catch you next time. Thanks for great. everything. Terrific. Thanks. All Thanks, right. Devin. It was great to chat. And uh, let's, let's hope that on this uh, uh, solemn holiday of Veterans Day that people step back and think about um, what a great country this is, what great things we have done, and what great things we can do in the future. Uh, it would be nice if we could overcome some of these divisions. But to do that, we have to be willing to tell the truth. Yeah. And that's a great uh, entree. I couldn't say it any better. And we will play John Rich's new song, The Man. Okay. Bye. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What can I get you tonight? Uh, do you have any Granny Rich Reserve? I do. Awesome. How many shots? I'll take two, please. Appreciate that. Are you excited to play for the guys tonight? You know, I am. I heard there's uh, like some real World War II guys going to be in the room tonight. I cannot wait to meet them. Greatest generation, right? Correct. Yeah, who's going? Smooth. Here's to you, pal. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. It. Take care, brother. Sucker punched us in Pearl Harbor He fought under MacArthur 17 With an Army Thompson gun 
Slept in jungles with the leeches He saw things a young man should never see And when they shot him in the shoulder He got back up and he marched forward Left a lot of brothers dead in Kawajalain And if it wasn't for the good Lord and the man There wouldn't be a breath of freedom in this land When I see people on my TV taking shots at Uncle Sam I hope they always remember why they can Cause we'd all be speaking German Living under the flag of Japan If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man Grandson of a soldier And I'd fight the whole world over If duty called And freedom's on the line But thanks to The greatest generation And the ones still fighting For our nation I've never had to kill For my way of life And if it wasn't For the good Lord And the man There wouldn't be At Uncle Sam I hope they always remember why they can Cause we'd all be speaking German Living under the flag of Japan If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man If it wasn't for the good Lord and the man One of the millions who signed up to defend us Long ago in 1941 And when they sucker punched us in Pearl Harbor He fought under MacArthur 17 With an army Thompson gun